You're listening to Derm Consult on ReachMD, and this episode is sponsored by Insight. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Welcome to Derm Consult on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to share a patient case to non-segmental vitiligo care is Dr. Jeffrey Weinberg, who's a dermatologist at Mount Sinai Beth Israel in New York City. Dr. Weinberg, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me today. Before we dive into your patient case, Dr. Weinberg, would you explain the difference between non-segmental and segmental vitiligo? There are a few different manifestations clinically of vitiligo. What we see most of the time is non-segmental vitiligo, which can occur on either side of the body, different parts of the body, can be limited or diffuse all over the body. Segmental vitiligo is when we see vitiligo usually located to one side of the body, usually along a dermatome. There's also a mixed form of vitiligo in which you can see non-segmental and segmental together. With that background in mind, let's turn to your patient case. To start, would you tell us a bit about your patient and the symptoms they were experiencing? So my patient is a 12-year-old African-American young male. He's had vitiligo for several years. Actually, we know him very well because he comes to the clinic several times a week. He was and is receiving narrowband ultraviolet B therapy as well as eczema laser. So he gets the laser once weekly and he gets phototherapy once to twice weekly. In addition, he has a history of using topical steroids as well as topical tacrolimus off-label for his vitiligo. And based on his symptoms, what questions and methods did you use to diagnose your patient? Well, generally, vitiligo is diagnosis made on a clinical basis. Now, for those of us who've treated a lot of vitiligo, we know that the manifestations can be very clear on darker skin, and they can be more subtle on lighter skin patients. Basically, if we have a question about the disease, we can use a woods lamp. We turn the lights off, we turn the woods lamp on, and what we will see is that in cases of vitiligo, the skin will accentuate that porcelain white color under the woods lamp versus, you know, other things that could be in the differential, tinea versicolor or hypopigmentation generally will not accentuate to the same degree under the woods lamp. Now, in this young gentleman's case, again, dark skin, type 5, looking at the distribution of disease, seeing a very porcelain white color, it was clear that in his case that this was vitiligo. To those just tuning in, you're listening to Derm Consult on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and here with me today is Dr. Jeffrey Weinberg. Together, we're taking a look at the patient's journey in non-segmental vitiligo care through the lens of a real-world case. So, Dr. Weinberg, if we take a step back from your patient case for just a moment, what are the treatment options available for non-segmental versus segmental vitiligo? Well, most of the patients we see have non-segmental vitiligo. A small number have segmental vitiligo, and the treatment options are fairly similar. We don't really have a different set of therapeutic options for segmental vitiligo. And part of the issue is it was assumed at some point that the pathogenesis of segmental vitiligo might be different than that of non-segmental vitiligo. But I think at this point, we feel that the pathogenesis is fairly the same. It may be a result of a mosaicism that just one area is involved versus a wider area. 
So our treatment options include topical agents. These in the past included topical corticosteroids. We had to use caution with topical corticosteroids because these can cause hypopigmentation and other skin side effects as well. About 20 years ago, with the advent of the TCI class, there was a good amount of literature talking about topical tacrolimus, especially on the face or in combination with narrowband ultraviolet B in terms of being very helpful for repigmentation. So we have used topical tacrolimus extensively. The other mainstay of therapy has been narrowband UVB in a box for full body narrowband UVB in individuals with extensive disease. For more localized disease, what we have done is eczema laser therapy when available for both narrow bands and laser. Patient comes to the office usually two to three times a week to receive their therapy. So while this can be helpful and aid in repigmentation, it is certainly not convenient. And if the patient has an out-of-pocket cost with a copay each time or coinsurance, it can be rather expensive as well. Recently, we have had the approval of topical ruxolitinib cream. This is the first topical specifically approved for vitiligo, so the first at-home therapy for vitiligo. This drug has really set a new bar in terms of topical efficacy for the disease, and it's especially effective for the face. And this is important because if you were to ask patients who had extensive involvement, the area that is most important for them to repigment, it would be the face. Other areas are easier to cover or camouflage. So again, you know, it's an exciting time to really have a new mechanism of action and especially an at-home way to treat this disease. And before we close, Dr. Weinberg, what are some key lessons we could all learn from the patient case you shared with us today? Well, first, we need to understand the psychosocial impact of vitiligo. This can be a devastating disease, especially in darker skin. Patients can be ridiculed. So I'll give you the example of my patient. He's 12 years old. With the pandemic, he's been at school less over the last few years than, than he otherwise would. But in an individual like this, I would worry about ridicule from peers, that he was spotted and looked abnormal. I would worry that peers might be afraid of him, might be afraid that this would be infectious or something that they could catch. This is important, especially in this era where we've seen managed care companies tell us often that we can't get therapies for vitiligo approved, especially the laser for vitiligo, because they consider this disease, quote, a cosmetic disease. It certainly is not a cosmetic disease, and it certainly has a broad impact on a patient's development and health. Those are some great lessons to take with us. And as that brings us to the end of today's program, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Weinberg, for joining me to share this patient case in non-segmental vitiligo care. Dr. Weinberg, it was great having you on the program. Thank you so much. This episode of Derm Consult was sponsored by Insight. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit reachmd.com slash dermconsult, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.